This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Franklin Proctor here. My darling of the daisies is beside me here in studio. And you sound very... What's the word? Mellifluous. Thank you. Mellifluous. Mellifluous. Yes, well... Mellifluous. No, I I actually feel superior this morning because for the first time in... I don't know. I think I've had the snow tires on for about six months. And uh, today... You needed them. I used them them and I'm I'm going... I'm down the road and I'm going, yes, they work. They... And then, and then I started thinking of all the months that I've been driving in these damn things and wearing the rubber off because they're a softer material than the regular tires. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel so superior anymore. Yeah, yeah so any tread left <laughs> yeah, on them. That's right. And then I left my, my winter boots in the car last night. Uh, and, uh, so they're nice and cold. Had, yeah, I had to walk with my good shoes to the car. Well, at least you weren't in your socks. And then, but trying to get the shoes on. In you know the in cold the car. Boots, oh yeah, my yeah. God! And I gave myself a you know a muscle cramp behind the, behind the wheel. There. Oh, geez. went on and on. And what on. a beginning to the I day! Know. It's going to get better. Yes, yes. It... Anything will be better than what's been happening. <laughs> hey, good morning, my friends. Uh, Charlie uh, is here to answer all your questions. And uh, hey, maybe if you have some comments, that'd be neat too. We well, sure we love look, to hear what's going on in people's good gardens, stuff like that, indoors, outdoors. Uh, the lines are completely open right now. Mm-hmm. So let me give the numbers, Charlie, and then okay. we'll get to the news of the day, as it were, 416-360-0740 for Toronto area listeners. And then anywhere else in the province, don't worry about it, my folks. We pick up the tab, 1-866-740-4740. And is, is there want, or she or won't, she usually <laughs> goes over a whole raft of activities that are coming up. Well, what's, That's what's going right. on? Get yeah. out your calendars. Okay. Start marking these down. There's lots going on. Spring is in the air. I know it's snowing and it's a little chilly today, but we're happy for the snow. Yeah. Because with these cooler temperatures, it's very nice to have that little insulating blanket of snow on the ground. Just to, you know, some of the plants have been pushing out of the ground a little earlier than they should, and that snow helps insulate. So that's a good thing. We like the snow, and it's going to unfortunately all melt fairly soon. But in the meantime, 
If you want to get into some gardening activities, tomorrow the Rock Garden and Woodland Plant Society is hosting a meeting at 1.30 p.m. at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Admission is free, all are welcome, and there are seeds for sale at that meeting. On Monday, February the 13th, 8 p.m., the Agent Court Garden Club is hosting their monthly meeting. The subject for the talk is Designs Without Using Oasis. Okay. Okay. <laughs> waiting, okay. Waiting. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. What? Okay. Oasis. That's like that thing in the desert, right? Yeah. All right. Now, Oasis is this foam. It's another it's oh, a floral I got you. foam. Okay. Yep. Yep. So green. This is, Usually green. Yeah. Though hmm. brown, I think, is typically for the dried, and green is for the wet. Yeah. So this is clearly to do with floral arranging designs without using Oasis. The speaker will be Mary Audia. The meetings are held at the Knox United Christian Education Center. 2575 Midland Avenue in Agent Court, which is Midland and Shepherd. Designs without using Oasis. Then my first inclination would be using a stapler. But I don't <laughs> oh, suppose that's right. Well, it could be using a glue gun. <laughs> oh, okay. It could be using wire. Right? It's, uh, you know, because it's yeah. flower. You don't want that big block of green stuff or whatever. Well, the stems have to be held somehow, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, then, or you can just get the vase, throw the water, and plunk the flowers in and you're done, right? <laughs> Who needs Oasis? That's how I floral arrange. <laughs> um, the uh, Okay, so that's the Agent Court Garden Club. Yeah. If you want to learn more than just plunking the flowers in the vase, go Not for sure. it. Tuesday, Valentine's Day, 7.30 p.m., Scarborough Garden and Hort Society General Meeting and Free Lecture by Paul Oliver. And his subject is Birds in Your Garden. They meet at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Guests are always welcome and refreshments are included. February the 16th. This is special for people that are really uh, getting down with the, the sort of the dark days of winter and the, the yep. cold, the blips of cold we've been having. You can take a tropical getaway right here in Toronto at the Allen Gardens Conservatory. Uh, again, it's the Toronto Botanical Gardens. From 7.30 to 9.30 p.m., you can experience the delights of the tropics without having to venture too far from home. Join... Uh, Director of Horticulture, Paul Zamet, and you remember him. He's been on the show before. Mm -hmm. And a plant expert uh, um, as they guide you through the historic paradise. Rare plants from all over the globe are nurtured inside six greenhouses covering 16,000 square feet and include an impressive permanent plant collection comprising orchids, hibiscus, cacti, caladiums, Madagascar tropical pines, palms, and more. So, you know, why not? Wonderful way to get away and feel like you're in the tropics. A special part of the evening will include Sonia Day, and you remember her. She's the one who wrote the book, The Untamed Garden, A Revealing Look at Our Love Affair with Plants. Sonia was on the show one time talking about her her book. She'll be there uh, with some of the lusty secrets from her book. And the Ontario Orchid Society will be there, and they'll be giving a brief talk on the ease and love of growing orchids. So all good. 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. on Valentine's Day. Uh, There's tropical treats and other light refreshments. You do need to pre-register. Give a call to TBG 416-397-1341 or register online at www.torontobotanicalgarden.ca. There you go. All right. Okay. Just while I'm thinking about birds, too, because remember we said that there was a bird lecture uh, in Scarborough. Remember, the great backyard bird count starts next Friday. Okay. Friday, February 17th, runs for four days, so get ready for that. And can you go online to find out information about that? Absolutely. Uh, You want to go online because there's a very specific form you fill out if you want to participate Mm -hmm. in this. 
bird source, one word, birdsource.org. Well, I'm very much for the birds. I've been told that so many Absolutely. times. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Well, I see our producer, uh, David Gaskin, has been very busy on the phones mm-hmm. lining up our guests who will be uh, with us momentarily, Charlie. It is the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show right here at AM 740, and we'll return to uh, have our guests on the air right after these words. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And in honor of uh, Valentine's Day coming up Tuesday, a romantic start to the uh, callers. I'll take you home again, Kathleen. We'll have to go to Brampton for that. Hello, <laughs> Kathleen. Welcome Hi. to the show. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't sing I'll take you home again. I guess not. <laughs> Anyhow, my question is about twitchgrass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it seems to be quite prolific. It has been this past while. That's that broad grass that seems to grow in clumps almost. What's the best way to control it? Oh, so this is growing in your lawn? Yes, yes. <clears throat> well, typically when we refer to twitch grass, so the other common name for that is quack grass. Oh, oh. And that it is a plant that spreads underground. Yes. So it's not so much clumpy as it is, uh, it's a, you know, yeah, can be a real... Yeah, it does have long roots. Yeah, it can be a real problem because it has these long roots, and of course, when you try and dig it up, even if you leave a little tiny bit of root behind, it grows back from that little piece. So it, it spreads by seeds and also by these rhizomes or underground you know, roots that grow up into being stems. Mm-hmm. Not an easy one to get rid of, honestly. Okay. You do need to, well, frankly, I would try and dig it. Uh, however, like I say, don't, you can't leave any bits behind, yeah. so it's quite an elimination of all that grass in that area. The other thing is you can try Weed Be Gone, which is a non-selective herbicide. It's vinegar-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, again, it will kill everything that you spray, but it, you must spray it onto the green leaves, so you wouldn't do a bunch of digging and then spray. You would spray first. Okay. So it's kind of one, one or the other. But, uh, yeah, we, often so it's, we... It's in several lawns around. I've seen it, you know, when I walk around. Yeah. So, mm. Yeah, the trick is to not let plants like that go to flower because then they go to seed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, obviously control them by digging and removing as much as you can, as best you can. Because, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a huge problem. You know, the non... The grasses we don't love are the grasses, you know, we really want to eliminate. And, of course, the best way to avoid those is keep your lawn as healthy as possible. Top dressing, fertilizing, overseeding with the grasses you love Mm -hmm. will help keep a healthy, juicy, fat, you know, lawn. It doesn't leave any room for the... uh, Exactly. Other other plants can't blow a seed in that will actually be able to germinate and grow and and take over. All right. Okay. Okay. I have a quick math question for you, though, Mm -hmm. before I go... How many liters of soil is there in one square yard? Oh you know how you get a square yeah. yard? <laughs> liters in a yard. Good question. Uh, I have to do the math on that. But okay. It's, those are volume. Like um, a yard is a square, a square yard or yard. a cubic yeah. yard? A square yard you get delivered. I just want, because you buy a bag that says so many liters, you know, 50 liters or something. Okay, so but remember, when you get that yard delivered, it's actually a cubic yard. Yes. Right. Yes. So it's a it's a yard by a yard by yard, or three feet yes. by three feet yes. by three feet. So imagine that volume size, <laughs> and then your question is, how many liters are in a cubic yard? Yes. I'll All right. tell you <laughs> <laughs> after we okay. do some math. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're doing a great show. <laughs> thank Keep you, listening. Thanks Bye-bye. for your call. Nine seventeen here at AM seven forty, and uh, Anne is online from Elora, a beautiful part of the country. Hi, uh, Anne. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Morning. I have uh, just a quick question. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Charlie knows anything about choke cherry trees. Yeah. 
Uh, I've acquired one, mm-hmm. and by that I mean that uh, the property was previously owned by someone else. They've done some beautiful landscaping in the backyard, and at the back stretch of the property there is a choke cherry tree, mm-hmm. and unfortunately it is diseased. And uh, I was wondering how far do I cut it down in order for it to go into a uh, shrub, or should I remove the tree entirely? When you say it's diseased, does it have big, um, it looks like tumors growing on the stems? Oh, yes, it's very sad. Uh, It had bloomed beautifully this past summer, Mm -hmm. and the scent was just wonderful. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it's badly diseased. Yeah. Okay, so if it's got, um, like I say, sort of tumorous growths on the branches and stems, and it almost looks like it's oozing, particularly in the spring when it's moist outside, it has a disease called black knot. Yes. Now, black knot is a fungal disease. It's inside the tree. Yes. If you want to try and eliminate the disease, what you have to do, as you point out, is some pruning. But the pruning you do, any branch has to be removed at least 18 inches towards the inside of the tree um, down from any one knot, any one obvious cancerous-looking growth. Um, so depending on where those are, like if there's, if you're seeing a lot of oozing and bark splitting and, and sort of a sappy ambery fluid on the main stem, then the tree is done for. And how far would I cut down the tree? You may not find that you're able to eliminate by cutting down the tree. The main thing is if you are seeing, like I say, that oozy, sappy stuff up high on the main stem, minimum 18 inches down towards the ground from the any cracking or oozing or, you know, um, um, knots. They're called, you know, black knot for a reason because okay. they're typically it, black. It's, it's badly diseased. Too bad because uh, it's a lovely pruning tree. isn't going to help this. Well, uh, it's, it's you can't eliminate the disease. That's the problem. You so can only are avoid you it. Suggesting that the tree should be fully eliminated. Well, it. You know what might be? How big? How big and old is the tree? How big is the stem on uh, it roughly? Well, the tree. Unfortunately, people aren't aware that sometimes when they buy these choke cherry trees. Uh, sometimes they're buying the tree with already a disease in it. Mm, and and these are from nurseries, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and a lot of people aren't aware of that, and the tree isn't more than three years old. Oh, my. So, um, so and, and, and it is quite prevalent. Um, the tree has got to be at least 12 feet high, maybe 15 feet high. Um, so my main question to you again is, mm. Uh, I'll cut her down, yep, and I you're would. saying 18 inches below. from the ground. Well, no, 18 inches below any evidence of knots or broken bark or sap dripping. A lot of these knots are right at the bark. And right down a ground on level? The main, on the main uh, trunk. On, uh, sure. Yeah. Well, where would you say the first obvious knot is from above the ground? Oh, you're you're looking at maybe uh, four feet up from the ground. Yeah, so good idea. You know what? Go right down, cut it right down to about a, a foot high. A foot high. Yep, yep. And then and it'll hope- go into a shrub. Hopefully, exactly. Well, it will sprout. There will be buds along that stem that you leave behind. Do your, your cutting before any leaves start to emerge on a dry day sometime in the next month. Uh, and at the same time, dormant spray is a good way to el- to try and prevent the problem from occurring again. 
because I I was uh, entertaining the thought we've had such great weather uh, this winter. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to cut it down Mm -hmm. when we had a mild day. And uh, but I wasn't sure if you cut it down, do you have to coat the uh, exposed? um, No, bark. No, you shouldn't actually. Okay. The the pruning paint is all gone as a as a useful tool. It doesn't actually help the plant if it has a healthy plant will seal itself. It will scab over, and that's what you want. Okay. Okay. Very slight angle that you'll make your cut, just so it doesn't collect water. Okay. But not too angled of a cut, otherwise it's a bigger wound than it has to be. Well, I guess in March, uh, that's what I do. I usually yep. go out in March yep. to cut down all the decorative grasses. Yep. Perfect. Uh, so uh, we'll cut that down to about a foot from the ground. Good idea. And um, and dispose of that. That's it, right. It's such Good a point. shame. Yeah. Good point. Do dispose of what you take down off the property. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's going to spread. Yeah. And, yeah. and one, one it, it's sad. <laughs> yeah, it's a great tree, but one, it's not an expensive tree to replace. Like if you want to add, if you have a good sized property, it's a lovely native tree. It's called a choke cherry for a reason. And, it was uh, named after Dr. Heimlich, as a matter of fact. Oh, is that uh, right? Yes. 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 Oh, really? <laughs> no. Oh, don't, don't believe Frank ever. <laughs> oh, I, well, he got me good there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like r- it's called choke cherry because yeah. you always can tell a choke cherry if you take one of the little red berries and you yeah. just put it in your mouth and just take a little bit of a bite out of the little berry. And you'll choke. You, you, all your saliva will just disappear. It completely, that's why it's called choke cherry because you literally get a completely dry mouth if you taste a choke cherry. But the birds love them. The birds do love them and the, the, the um, uh, woodpeckers just love it. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, it, it's a beautiful scented tree, mm-hmm. beautiful blossoms, but it's such a sin that, yeah. That, yeah. that that it's so badly diseased. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I'll do. I won't take up any more of your time. And the other lady that called in a couple of weeks back about Granny's bloomers, mm-hmm. uh, if she's listening, if you go into some older hardware stores mm-hmm. or Zellers, you'll still find it. There you go. Thanks and for that. Good tip, and thank you. And we're at 9.23 on the show. In fact, 9.24, so we're running a little bit behind here. And uh, that means that I have to start doing my exercises <laughs> right now, or else I get the evil look. That's right, you do. From the queen of the garden here. Well, mm. because... You are going to have to do well, some because <laughs> so I thought you were going to do a Johnny Carson there for a minute. Snow shoveling and getting ready for gardening. I know you. You start doing your little voices, and before you know it, I'm starting to be a bozo too. It takes two, I guess. So boomers like you and I, who yes. want freedom to maintain our favorite activities and reduce aches and stiffness, we take Sierracil. And of course, Sierracil is a daily, uh, three little pills every day. They are very completely natural, mineral supplement that helps with in any inflammation in the joints, fingers, wrists, knees, all those things feel better. So if you have any issues with stiff joints, consider Sierracil. Very easy to get a hold of uh, through their website, sierracil.ca, or at your local health food store, such as the Health Planet stores, one in, New- in North York, Pickering, Markham, Mississauga, and Scarborough, or give them a call at one eight seven seven joint 14 You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And at 928, I'm going to turn it over to our uh, queen of the garden and uh, the master gardener, 
uh, the, at least the only like one I'm here. The only one. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. 865 in the province of Ontario, <laughs> and I'm one of them. You've been doing a bit of math. Well, actually, I haven't. I'm not going to take credit for this. Uh, Dave Gaskin, who is just so sharp and on the ball, looked up the answer to the question that Kathleen had. She wondered how many liters are in a cubic yard. Because, as she said, when you buy soil, you're buying a 30-liter bag. When I buy a cubic yard, how much am I getting? Well, you're getting 765 liters. So divide 30 into that, math whiz. And uh, that's what, about 25 bags or something? Uh, Or not even, 20 bags, 25 bags. So, yeah, a cubic yard is... um, 765 liters, if you want that uh, equation. You ever want to know anything about gardening? This is where you call the Garden Show at AM 740. As has Maggie in Branchton. Is that right, uh, Branchton? Hi, Maggie. Hello. It, um, that's right. It's Branchton. Okay. Where, are you lo- where is that located? Uh, that? Close to Cambridge. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. It's just a little village. Okie dokie. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. I listen to it faithfully. <laughs> Uh, but I have a question. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned about an apple tree, about cutting a strip around the trunk of it to uh, make it flower and be more healthy. Yes. Could you tell me the width that you have to cut the strip and um, if you have to cover it after you've cut it? Okay. Um, number one, I wouldn't recommend... Is this because you have an apple tree that's not flowering or fruiting as you would like it well, to? acquired a cottage this year and there's an old apple tree on the property mm-hmm. now there were apples on it but i know it hasn't been looked after in years but i wanted to see if i if i did this if it would help it to grow because it is an older tree right so what i would suggest is don't do this uh to try and make it grow this is very much of a shock tactic to try and force a plant and stress like basically what you're trying to do is stress the plant and have it think that either it's dying or, or you know, life is coming to an end as it knows it. So that, I mean, we, this is anthropomorphizing here, that it needs to um, sustain its genetics and it flowers and fruits like crazy because, of course, fruits are all about seeds and passing on genetic material. Mm-hmm. So what we, to up the, uh, the yield on the fruit, a system has been devised of doing some some bark removal, but I would not recommend you do it with an old tree that's struggling because you're likely to just cause more problems. What I would do if it's an old tree that is, you know, not looking super great is uh, do a little bit of research on how to prune it properly. And we're getting to that time when it's going to be time to prune all our apple trees and fruit trees and crab apples and any of those early flowering fruiting trees. Best time to be pruning those is on a dry day uh, when it's above zero in March or even okay. late February. And the pruning is very important what, to be done properly and done early. And then at the same time or shortly thereafter, a dormant spray is applied, which is the oil and lime sulfur mixed with water sprayed onto the dormant tree. So there's no leaves on it yet. There's no flowers on it yet. Uh-huh. And the spraying is all designed to prevent insect and disease problems in the coming season so that you will end up with fruit that is, you know, usable and uh, and not have a lot of issues with, you know, leaves being uh, covered in all kinds of mildews, etc., uh, so that the tree can maximize its photosynthesis as it's growing and, you know, be a healthier plant. Mm. So you're really looking for rejuvenation techniques, and I wouldn't suggest the bark peeling as a good one. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, okay, thank you, Maggie. Thank you very much. Now, that dormant spray... Um, I also have a snowball tree, mm-hmm. and it's maybe maybe eight years old, but um, 
every other year it seems to bloom perfectly, mm-hmm. but then the, the other year there's like about five blooms on it. Mm-hmm. Now, I was told that I should cut it right back down to the, uh, to the uh, stem, the trunk. Mm-hmm. I, is that a good idea? Well, this I spray it with the dormant spray, and it helped it last year, and we got a lot of bloom. Okay, so just, um, yes, you, you really can't, uh, sh- yeah. when it comes to deciduous plants, you can't go wrong. You can pretty much spray any of them with the dormant spray mm-hmm. to prevent problems. So I would go ahead and do that at the same time. But when we talk about a sm- snowball bush, uh, or tree, it's just there's uh, several sort of versions of plants out there that are referred to as snowball bushes. Is it a, a hydrangea that you have, or is it something that blooms earlier than the hydrangeas? It when, blooms earlier. Right, so it's a viburnum. It might even be something commonly called a highbush cranberry, or uh, it gets, they're not huge white yes, it's just flowers. it's a small, delicate-looking tree with a trunk, and then it's got the, uh, the branches coming is, up about four feet from the ground. And is it fragrant? Yes. Right. So it's actually probably commonly referred to as a fragrant snowball. Uh-huh. And yes, good idea. Spray it for sure. And um, when it comes to pruning those, typically what we do is we prune off this spring, prune off last year's flowers, if there's any evidence of them still there. Mm-hmm. And if it's getting really dense and thick with the branching, I would trim some of that away just to open it up and okay. I, and take branches away that are growing to the inside so that you've got your growth going to the outside. The plant will get wider over the years. Uh, and slowly but surely taller. But, of course, that main, it's not going to grow from the main stem. It's all going to grow from those little branches the, that are on yeah. the top. Uh, but you want to maximize the size of the head because all those flowers are out on the tips, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so no major pruning because you'll be pruning off flowers. Uh, but you can certainly prune off last year's flowers and any crisscrossing branches or dead branches or branches that are growing to the inside. Okay. All righty. All right, then. Thank you so much. I enjoy your program. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. 934, and you know, it's my fault. Uh, A couple of uh, callers have slipped in that extra little question there because I did not give the mantra for the show, which is call early, call often. One question per call. I know. They're sneaky today. I know. And, you know, I wasn't even noticing that. I was just, you know. I was caught flat-footed myself. Okay. All right. So, bunions and all, here I go to (laughs) welcome Jane to the show from uh, Blue Water. Hi, Jane. Good morning. Hi, good morning. And, yes, you are slipping. (laughs) (laughs) Morning, Jane. That's okay. I can wait. At least it's wonderful that you can hear the program while you're waiting. That's what I like. There you go. Um, I have a question about the geraniums. The lady called in a couple of weeks ago, and I have these gangly geraniums that my uh, neighbor left to me from her garden this summer, and they've been growing profusely green leaves. Mm -hmm. I listened to you talk about the cutting back of the stem and putting it in a solution of... um, Fertilize a, a little bit of fertilizer in the water, just water and, and yeah, putting you, it in, and that they would root. Right, but it's not fertilizer in the water. It's a, a rooting hormone that you oh. you dip the cut stems of the geraniums into a rooting hormone. You'll find it either in a, a liquid form or a powder form, but it's in a little bottle and it's sold in any good garden center, and they'll literally just be referred to as a rooting hormone. Okay, not a fifteen thirty fifteen. No, no. No, that's not going to do any good at all initially because the plant needs roots before it can do any big absorption of any moist, any liquid. Okay, so where I cut the stem, mm-hmm. I, I just cut it back, and you had said something, make sure there are 
three somethings on it, and I didn't catch that word. And the three somethings are called, the word is nodes, yes. N-O-D-E-S. Yes. And a node on a geranium is where there's a little bump on the stem, and it's almost literally like a line, a horse. If you're looking at a stem in a vertical position, these are little uh, horizontal lines on the green stems. They can be really close together, you know, half an inch apart, or if the plants have been in low light, you'll find that the length between the nodes is extended and it can be as much as two inches apart. But those at each of those bumps or horizontal lines is a node. That's where your roots will come from. And that's also where um, there's a dormant bud and more stems can come from those same bumps. So you don't have to go below the soil then? Uh, no, not at all. No. no. If you've got real gangly geraniums, l- leave the root alone. Leave the main central crown of the plant alone. It's fairly old and brown and probably even a bit woody from last year. But all the new growth is on the tips and that's soft and green and might even be quite pale green. And that's what you'll be cutting off are those tips. And there are new leaves coming out and new branches. So just cut one of those off and put it in a rooting hormone. That's right. And you can cut as, if you know, depending on how many there are, you can cut as many as you want off. The, that's what the growers do at this time of year or starting really about January is that, but the, the, the main plant, the one that your neighbor gave you is called the mother plant. Yeah. And from the mother, all the babies are cut away. And often what they'll do is they'll start cutting in January yeah. and start those little babies. Then by February, they can do the whole thing again. Cut all those babies off, start more. So anyone mother can produce sometimes 100 babies then in the spring that's what we buy are those little four inch pots they they were the babies that came from the the mothers and every now and then you'll see a sign that says mother geraniums for sale and there'll be these monster big plants Mm -hmm. and they're last years and they're they're big and they're very very dense because of all the cuttings that they've been subjected to and where you cut them then they um sprout more grow more on the mother plant as well that's right Exactly. That's what I was thinking. It'd yeah. be wonderful to give her back her little plants for yeah. the spring. Exactly. From her mother plant. That's but right. I so you could didn't gi- know how to do it. Yeah, give her some babies and keep the mother yourself, or give her the mother back and keep a bunch of babies. Whatever works. Yeah. Well, I, if I gave her the babies, they, she'd grow them like she grew these. She did a wonderful job with them. Well, there you go. And Perfect. just a little comment about the dormant spray. Not a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I used it on my grapevines for the first time last year, mm-hmm. and I think I must have killed the helpful insects or the helpful bugs because they didn't produce any fruit at all and it's the first year they haven't so i thought maybe i didn't choose i I didn't put the right thing on it well when you did the dormant spray was the grape dormant were there any leaves on it at all um there shouldn't have been i think there were some little green worms on the leaves actually Okay, so there were leaves, obviously. So yeah, the I trick there, with yes, yes, there were. All right, so the trick with dormant spray is it goes on a dormant plant before the bef- before the leaves emerge. Oh, if okay. it, you see little green worms chewing on the leaves of something, clearly the plant isn't dormant. You do want to kill the little green worms, probably. Then it becomes a, a soap spray or yeah. pyrethrin, like a like a bug be gone kind of spray. Thank you very much. I didn't want to get into a question. I just thought maybe <laughs> it wasn't appropriate for, for grapevines. No, it is. Yes, it, it is appropriate. 
Jaina, so I want I want to congratulate you. Both <laughs> David Gaskin and I, uh, our eyes locked when you said, uh, it's not a question, it's a comment. And I thought, this woman is very clever. Because oh, well, you, I am, you, but <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't being... No, no, I'm, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Thanks very much for Thanks the call. Thanks for your Thank call, you. Jane. Okay. You too. Why, now you're hurting people's feelings. No, They're going to stop calling. No, I just thought it was very clever. Yeah, really. definitely. It's not a question, it's a comment. And then... But we like comments. Well, you said that right off the top. I know. Oh, we're going to start having a domestic. Here we go. <laughs> it's 940 here on The Garden Show with Frank Proctor along with Charlie Dobbin, of course. And did you want to add anything at this point? Uh, uh, Frank Proctor uh, along with Charlie Dobbin. How about it's Charlie Dobbin Do- along with, along with my, my sous chef, um, also known as the undergardener, <laughs> Frank Proctor. Uh, my coup is not working. It's not, it's not quite I, going I the way I wanted. <laughs> we'll be back to talk to uh, Karen and Welland in just a couple of moments after these words from AM740. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. With Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden here, just uh, telling uh, uh, Charlie mm. that she is welcome here any time at all. I was just thanking know? Frank for letting me sit in no. on the, in the garden show with him. It's, you, it's just really cool that, that he lets me be here. I would find it passing strange to do this show without you. Uh, let me say that. Well, now... Let's, let's just say, yes. as long as it was nematode questions, you'd yeah, be, I'd be okay. I'd be right on there. Or calla lilies. You got that one covered. Karen and Wellen has been hanging on that line for about 18 minutes. Now, I know she's saying, are you ever going to get to me, gal? It's your turn, Karen. Good morning and welcome. Oh, good morning. I am I can assure you I don't know Jane, but my, my question is mm-hmm. a continuation of the geranium. Yes. And I'll make it quick. Um, you basically answered quite a bit what I wanted to know, mm-hmm. but my question is the fact that I've pot, um, brought in five geraniums. Mm-hmm. They're in the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a dim light from the outside. And um, right now, I watered them maybe once a month. Right. And I guess I basically wanted to know a timetable of when I should seriously start trying to get them to bloom um, for the spring. Well, when you look at them now, has there is there any... Uh, growth on them since you put them in the basement? Yes, there has been. And I've noticed that uh, they've turned themselves around towards the light mm-hmm. and that type of thing. Yep. And uh, one has actually had a flower. Aww. And so I was thinking, I, I did this once before, but I cut them all back and come it was by August I had flowers. Right. So I want to um, think I should maybe do it a bit earlier. And I haven't done any pruning at all. Right. Basically, I left them, watered them, and I actually turn on um, the low lights every morning for about two hours. Okay. So when should I start um, what I would, getting on with this? What I would do is recognize that the sooner that plant is exposed to more light, uh-huh. the more growth you're going to see. Right. And once you start getting some growth at where you can make those cuttings and root those cuttings, and again, expose them to lots of light, you'll be in good shape to go out and, you know, have all kinds of flowers. The initiation of flowers is very much connected to the amount of light the plants are subjected to. Okay. So do you have a spot other than your basement where you could actually take these cuttings and then move them up into a sunny location? Or do perhaps some artificial lights you could use just to um, increase the illumination? 
Well, I was just going to leave the, the five pots alone, mm-hmm. the mother plant. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to get the flowers from. I wasn't, uh, unless the, I won't get flowers if I don't uh, cut. Oh, sorry, you will. Uh, you will. I think you'll find if you leave them alone, though, they'll tend to be kind of floppy. Um, they Because they'll okay. tend to shoot out all kinds of sort of soft growth initially. However, you saying that, you can leave them exactly alone. No pruning required. But you will need to have those mother plants into a brighter illumination in order for the flower to initiate that flowering when you are ready to go outside in depending on when spring arrives in the welland area you could probably be going outside in early may okay uh, and of course you want preferably them to be in flower then right so now, do i fertilize them can i yes. start fertilizing them now uh if you're going to increase the light levels then yes you may okay. start fertilizing but if you're keeping them in that dim situation no fertilizer Okay, great. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. I've enjoyed your, your banter this morning. <laughs> Thank you. And I have a story about snow tires, but I won't take any more time. <laughs> thanks for your call. Thanks a lot, Karen. Bye-bye. Okay, bye now. Well, uh, Karen's like you, because you, you you're, you're near Welland, where you live. That's right. Uh, Flower City or Garden City, I believe it's called. The Garden City, yeah. And, of course, yeah, you never have snow down there, do you, oh, really? Oh, I think we're going to get some this time. I yeah, so. yeah. That's good. Well, let's say hi to Emmy, who is on the line from uh, Woodstock. Right. Near London, Ontario. Hi, uh, good morning, Emmy. Good morning. Morning. I have a question. We have some gooseberry bushes. Mm-hmm. Can I prune them? Because again, a little bit out of control. Absolutely. It's very similar to the choke cherry uh, and apple tree questions we were talking about earlier. Any of the edible crops, the fruits, the berries. Okay. The time to prune those is early in the spring. In your area. Um, March would probably be optimal, but you want to do your pruning on a dry day. Okay. And uh, for the in case of in the case of gooseberries, they tend to get very very dense, uh, so that air and light doesn't enter or penetrate into the center of the shrub. Correct. So they tend to not have any leaves or or bear any fruit other than out on the tips. So what you want to do is you want to open that plant up. You want to remove some of that inside growth. You want to allow the sun and the air to penetrate better. So any growth to the inside, any crisscrossing branches should be removed. And then it's pruning for form and shape. Uh, you could then be dormant spraying again in March if you have any have had any issues with mildews, et cetera, on the plant. No, and and uh, otherwise, then you're good to go. Uh, flowers should form beautifully as, you know, as they should in the spring, and you'll have lots and lots of fruit. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you very much, Emmy. Uh, You know, it's coming up close to our next break, so let's take our break now, Charlie, and then we'll be back to have a chat with Tina in St. Thomas. Gee whiz, getting all over the place here. I know. People Uh, are definitely thinking about their gardens, though. I've got to give you a visual cue. I'm going to start doing squats. Oh, okay, cool. here we go. Oh. I'm covering my eyes. All right. Oh, no, wait a minute. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh my goodness. He looks like a ballerina yeah. here at the bar. Oh, I'll do a grand jeté. Studio. <laughs> there we go. Here he goes. All right, so why is Frank getting up and doing his ballet moves? It's because he's been taking Sierra Cell. He is pain-free. Yep, it's an amazing thing for an old guy like him to watch him doing his ballet. And, you know, Sierra Sil has worked very well for both of us, keeping us limber, keeping us able to do our ballet, and obviously in the case of myself out in the garden or yourself with your, you know, kickboxing and ballet, I know you're busy. So <laughs> we, we take Sierra Sil, which is a 
completely natural mineral supplement every day. Three little pills can be purchased at a uh, health food store near you. Uh, Essence of Life uh, in Kensington Market sells Sierra Sill. The Peanut Mill on Welland Avenue in St. Catharines sells Sierra Sill. Or you can purchase it on, on the web, sierrasill.ca, or give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 And I hope you caught my pirouette. <laughs> Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along. And uh, let's say hi to Tina calling in from St. Thomas. Hi. Good morning. morning. Um, I just wondered, I, I don't get to listen to you all the time, but I just I have uh, wondered if you've ever talked about growing a pineapple plant. Not in a long time. So you know how to do it? Well, okay, are we talking like a real, from a pineapple or a plant that is from the pineapple family called a bromeliad? Well, I don't know. I was going to say, I just, uh, what I did was uh, probably about five years ago, because so I didn't write down when I planted it, but the tops of a pineapple. Okay, yep, yep. I've got two of those, and uh, somehow they got pollinated, and I've got a pineapple growing. Oh, neat. No, they got actual fruit. It's about four inches big now, and uh, in the in the. One that has the pineapple on it, all the leaves are drooping. The other one is about five feet tall, the, the point. Oh, my. So, okay, so what's happened is pineapples will self-pollinate. So oh. the, it's looked after pollinating itself. Now that it has set the little baby pineapple um, up on a stem there, the main mother plant, as you said, is drooping is because that's what happens. They that's die. I wondered. They die after they flower. Oh. Which, so what you'll do is you can't do anything about the mother plant dying, but of course that little baby will be your next project. You'll grow the baby. So what do I do with it? Well, you'll drop it down into the ground just like you originally started the whole pineapple plant in the first place. Oh, because it's on a stem, so yep. take it off the stem? Yeah, it will naturally fall off the stem if you don't. Okay. At some point it'll get so big, right, it'll lean yeah. over, and if you're outside, you know, in Hawaii or wherever, you know, it, would, in the house. Yeah, it would touch the <laughs> ground and put yeah. down roots. But, of course, oh, okay. it will. you need to provide a spot for it to be able to, to root, and oh. it, will, it will grow and be the next generation. Great, and so we'll get big enough to eat then. Uh, interesting question. I think you'll find that it probably won't ever be super edible. It won't okay. be super sweet or anything. Great but, conversation piece, though. Wow. But yeah, very fun. And so tell us just uh, quickly, or if you remember, when you started this whole project, you had went to the store, you bought a pineapple, you cut the top off, you yeah. ate the pineapple, obviously. What did you do with that top? I just put it in the ground. Straight from that that. Well, I, cut it. I don't remember if I let it dry first or if I just put it right from the but uh, that was, I'd say, about five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good because they can be a little tough to get started. I wonder if you... sounds like you're at the ocean. <laughs> There's a funny... I, know, I don't know what's wrong with this phone. ...sound wow. there. <laughs> the tide's coming in. The, um, uh, it, it can be a little tough to get them to grow because they do tend to rot if you just put them straight into the ground. So you oh, probably okay. dried it for a couple of days. And yeah, then, I'm wondering if that's what I And did. then you set it onto the soil and watered it carefully until it got yeah, some roots growing. Yeah, I only water it once a month. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, isn't that interesting, Tina, yeah. that they, they self-propagate? Uh, uh, I just thought I'd tell you yeah. something yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. That's fun. Thank you so much for your uh, program. Okay. Our pleasure. Yeah, my thought was that they were sneaking out, you know, at night, <laughs> uh, finding another pineapple tree maybe in the next neighborhood. <laughs> pineapple tree. Yeah. Would you stop? There's no such thing as a pineapple tree. Oh. 
plant. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. I stand. I sit. Corrected. Yes, you do. Yes. You you grand jeté <laughs> corrected. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, we got to get to another line here. El Quico. Uh, Leslie in Toronto. You've got bugs on your ivy bush. I sure do. My gosh. <laughs> I have an indoor lots of plants. Um, few ivy plants, mm-hmm. and I seem to have. Um, it's like a goopy stuff on the plant. What a little black flies. And I wondered about treating them because I put them in a huge plastic bag and sprayed them with the soap. Uh-huh. But, of course, I've got a house full of plants. Yep. Is that, will that be successful, and how long would I have to keep doing that? Okay, so the if you can possibly isolate the plant, that would be a good thing from the other plants. Well, I have. I've put them in plastic bags and put okay. them in the basement. All right, so plastic bags are fine as long as they're not in any direct sunlight because otherwise those little bags become ovens. So um, now, all right, little black flies flying around almost sounds like fungus gnats, but goopy stuff sounds more like um, something that's been sucking on the plant, and then, of course, the plant starts to drip liquids. Ivy is very, very susceptible to spider mites. And spider mites are tiny. Like you'll, you'll never, your yeah. naked eye, you'll never see a mite. But you will see the webbing. Did you see any evidence of webbing? Or did you notice that the green leaves had a kind of almost a lacy appearance, a, um, a stippling on the surface? The, the green was disappearing and they were becoming a bit white on the surface? Yeah, there was some white, yeah. yeah. But I didn't see any red. No, you won't see them. They're super tiny. The, like I said, the one thing you will see is um, evidence of some webbing in the crotches where the leaves and stems come together. Okay. So soap can work. However, you are going to have to stay on the soap every seven days for a period of a couple of weeks because of eggs uh, continuing to hatch. And when you spray with soap, you have to spray very thoroughly so that every inch of the plant is being um, covered in soap. A maybe more effective spray for you is one out there that's called End All, two words. And the nice thing about End All, it has some oil in it, which will help to suffocate the insects. And it has some pyrethrins in it, which will also cause their little nervous systems to... um, cease and desist. And how is, the, how is the smell for an indoor plant though? Uh, it doesn't smell really bad but it's the, the, because when we spray we always overspray, and of course the oil in the spray is something you don't want to spray you know, in, uh, anywhere near the, a rug or carpet, furniture, curtains. So I tend to take plants into the bathtub uh, and spray them inside the, the shower enclosure so that it's easy to wash the walls in there uh, from any of the overspray but it doesn't smell bad. Uh, and that might be your best bet. But again, you will need to spray more than once because spider mites have multi-generations very quickly. And can I spray this end all right on top of the stuff I just sprayed, the soap? You can, though I'd be inclined to rinse the soap off with just some clean water first. Okay. And okay. can I leave these in the bag? I mean, I figured if I don't see it in any other of my hundreds of plants. Oh, yeah, that's the so thing, yeah. And can the, I just leave this in the bag, these in the bag, will it kill the plant itself? It will eventually kill the plant, so yes, you can leave them in the bag for now, but uh, but ultimately you're going to need to release. I do allow a little bit of uh, carbon dioxide to get in there, because remember, the plants need carbon dioxide, and they're releasing oxygen, and they will die from too much oxygen buildup okay, inside so the bag. totally seal it. Yeah, so do just allow a bit of uh, interaction with uh, outside atmosphere, but um, yeah, it is a, a good way to sort of temporarily try and keep them isolated. And the other sort of tip I would suggest is with just plain water and a mister of whatever kind, spritzer, 
do whatever you can to raise the humidity in the, your entire household because that will help eliminate the breeding of the spider mites. Spider mites love a dry environment, and that's why we tend to see them in the winter. Okay. 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 Well, thank you. All right. Good luck with that. That's a bit of a tough one, but hopefully you can overcome it. All right. Thanks Thank you very call. much, Leslie. Uh, gee whiz, that, that, that does was it a for fast it. show. Yeah, was it Oof. ever? My gosh. And I'm thinking here as we're uh, j- just getting ready to turn things over to uh, Dave and the gang in there, mm. uh, Dave's Corner Garage. Your mo- L- Listen to this, though, Dave. Oh, okay. Guess whose mom is now an avid fan of Dave's Corner Garage? <laughs> I Dolly saw, Dobbin, yes. I saw my mom last week, and she said, yeah. "She said those guys that do the show after yours, they, they know everything. They are so smart. Oh, they, she, she says, like, you know, somebody asks a question, they can give the part number, they can tell you the price, they I can can't tell, tell you." you. She said, that's amazing. And I said, Mom, you haven't driven a car in like 20 years. Why are you listening to the car show? She goes, they're amazing. I really like those guys. So I just thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> there you go. And Dave's in there taking a bow. I know. Of course, you, know, you open the refrigerator door and the light comes on. He takes a bow. It's him. Egomaniac, I'm telling you. We got to get out of here. Thanks, Frank. Yes, As thank you, usual, Charlie. you're just the best sous chef out there. And thanks, Dave, for all your good support. And thanks to all the great callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So... Can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.